All right, welcome back to another episode of the Pod Gods. My name is Jake Latrell. I'm the media and marketing manager for Edge Home Finance. Brady Hall and EXP Realty and the Tyler Miller team. Uh, we got a special guest today, Dave Meyer, who is the owner of BusyWeb. Hey, hey, let's go. Nice to meet you guys. Yeah. Uh, I guess before we get into your origin story, tell us a little bit about BusyWeb. What is sure. it? When did you start? No problem. So BusyWeb is a growth marketing agency. And what we do for our B2B clients, manufacturing, business services, other folks like that, we help drive their leads okay. through the traditional marketing stuff, SEO, pay-per-click, advertising, website design. But then we actually help our clients close those deals okay. through CRM, okay. customer relationship management software. We use a tool called HubSpot to help you automate all of the results so that it's like a choose your own adventure. You respond, you fill out a form, you file, or you go to a podcast or and download it, or you attend an event, or you download a white paper, and then it becomes almost like a choose your own adventure to what are you most interested in? Do you want A or B? How else can we help you? So we're using AI and all those other things I was gonna to ask, help yeah. to connect up and to warm things up for our customers. Okay, and you said you had 20 employees, 17 being contractors? Yeah, 23 total. Okay, and, oh, 23. Uh, yep, okay. 17 are employees, and then the rest are contractors. Oh, that's right, okay. Have everybody full-time, um, everybody's local-ish. You know, I think our farthest employee is in Wisconsin. Oh, okay. So, you know, we're all Midwest-based. Midwest, based. right. Yeah, so it's... It's nice, and you know this whole COVID thing was kind of a godsend for our <laughs> office opportunities yeah. because we were absolutely bursting in the seams at our Champlin-based office. Is that your only there. office? Yep, just okay, our right. one. Just okay. our one. But we have almost everybody virtual now. We still have the office. It still has a fantastic training facility for all of our team. We get together um, at least once a quarter, but more like once a month okay. to do in-person trainings and stuff. Yep. But it's just easy because now we have anybody that wants to be in the office can and anybody that doesn't isn't yeah i always felt uh i, I guess i'm allowed to work from home unless yeah. i'm filming something for mm -hmm. one of the guys here yeah. but uh i like coming into the office yeah it's like i well i have a son at home and my yeah. fiance but like <laughs> just to have my own space right. and just right. get into that flow state mm -hmm. and just the camaraderie with the guys right um cool all right so should we start with the origin, origin story, story? sure where were you sure. born yeah. family yeah. childhood trauma no yeah. uh, <laughs> oh man yeah it'd be exciting <laughs> no but uh yeah where were you born siblings yeah. all that yeah i don't know sure of course so i was born in entrepreneurial household okay so the fun part about growing up when and where and how i did is my dad had his own business. He was a door and window remodeling guy. Yeah. So as I was growing up, I was dragged along on the hottest dang day of the year. We were digging fence posts and on the coldest day of the year, we were working on a patio door in the freezing cold. Oh. And the thing that my dad always told me is like, see, this is why you get school and you go all the way through and you get you get some good learning in. where this was in minnesota yeah where, right okay. right in coon rapids is okay. where i grew okay. up nice. so actually as the crow flies about a mile and a half from where i live now yeah that's awesome on the other side of the mississippi so it's uh and he had that business the entire time and so after i went to school at st thomas met my wife there um we 
had our first kid and we moved into a place like all the way on the other side of town to have our independence, right? But then as soon as we had the kid, we realized we were doing most of our, we were spending most of our time driving back and forth. Yep. And so we moved back home, back close to home to Champlin. And uh, then I uh, was working for a number of places I, at uh, St. Thomas. I did public relations and print journalism as my majors. Oh, wow. And I didn't even know that was a thing. It yeah. is. And my dad didn't know it was a thing. He's like, you should do business or something. Yeah. And so I did have a business minor. And then uh, I went to work for like U.S. Bank and Thompson Reuters and a few other places, did some PR firms. And at the end of my time with the bank, the it became clear that I just needed to do something for myself as mm. an entrepreneur because I had yeah. it in my blood. Right. Yeah. And so I set up BusyWeb in 99. Oh, so wow. So next wow. year it'll be 25 years. Damn. I've been Congrats. doing it. That's, That's awesome. So, yeah, yeah. And so it's been a wild and crazy ride. Yeah. And we have just branched out and kind of exploded in all the directions that we wanted to go. Right. And uh, the accolades have been there and the fun stuff. So, uh, Small Business of the Year from the Minneapolis Chamber, like nice. five years ago. Wow. I was Entrepreneur of the Year the year before that. So, yeah, it's, and all that stuff is just fun to, uh, to hang out and pat yeah. yourself on the back on, but it doesn't mean you can stop or slow down. Right. And 100%. it's really all in service of the client and my employees, right? So everything that I do is to feed 24 families. Right. Right. Some pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> what has been your best year, would you say? Um, actually this year, right really? now, okay. we're just, we're just absolutely crushing and, the, the COVID thing, when 2020 happened, we were on a steady growth track of, you know, maybe 15% a year or so. And then 2020 hit the, with COVID and we were dead flat. So mm-hmm. I think we were like 80 bucks total on the entire revenue of the company off oh, that man. year. So that was rough. But then the year after that, we were 40% off. Wow. Oh. So it just exploded because every, every one of our clients, you know, manufacturing businesses in particular, they do most of their biz dev, their business development through trade shows and huh. other in-person-y kind of things. Well, all that went away with COVID. And so we really had to double down on digital marketing. Mm-hmm. So BusyWeb was there kind to of a blessing. help and take over the reins on that stuff. And it hasn't slowed down. And the idea of sales enablement and automation has really massively improved both our production and the ability to do things because the tool does a lot of this stuff automatically itself and AI is shortening our time sky, our time cycle right. to get content built. Just go to GPT and say, okay, well give me an outline on a blog post for yeah. these four things. Mm-hmm. And we have like a very stringent set of guidelines and rules just ethically and legally you have to pay attention to with AI because it's a broad Spectrum. I mean, it's just the wild, wild west right now, and nobody knows where it's going to go. Yeah, it's so that's a big part of what we do is just figuring out how does all of this stuff work the best in order to get the best result for our clients. Let's uh, let's go back to '99. Yeah. How, how yeah. old were you? Oh man, so '99, I would have been 25. Okay. Yeah. So 25 yeah. year old Dave, mm-hmm. sick of working for other people. Mm-hmm. What mm-hmm. was the first thing you did? Well, like, how did you yeah. 
yeah. conceptually? How did you think of busy web? Right. Did you see an area where it was like, hey, mm -hmm. this needs to be fulfilled? Like someone needs to do mm -hmm. this for, like, right. wh where was your head at? So it's kind of a weird story and a true internet age story. Okay. Because I got the name busy web by searching. I knew that I wanted to do something on the web okay. for business. So biz, busy, out. busy yeah. web, yeah. That, the that domain name was available yeah. and boom, booked it. No problem. So that was the big thing between how I got at least the name set up. Right. And then really from 99 until about 2008, it was just a hobby. And so I was working for the bank during much of that time for us bank. And they put me through my MBA in entrepreneurship at oh, St. Nice. Thomas and uh, paid the bill for that. So I stayed like five more years after that with them. And it was just a fantastic trial by fire and by experience because everything that I was doing at the bank and with my business, I was able to just kind of knock the training wheels off slowly. Yeah. And then once 2008 came along and the financial sector kind of imploded, yep. it's like, you know, maybe it's time that I go off on my own and do this full time. And so took all my stock options from the bank that funded BusyWeb for the first couple ask. of years. Yeah. And uh, that's, as they say, history. So, wow. yeah. Is it scary? Oh, God, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's terrifying. Yeah. It wouldn't be any fun if it wasn't. <laughs> that's right? true. That's, that's so the true. entrepreneurial mindset. Unless you're taking some sort of a risk, you're really not doing anything. And I, like, people ask me, well, what's your next step? It's like, I don't know what I'm going to do when I'm done with this business because I can't stand being bored. Yeah. yeah, I can't stand being still. So. Yep. Do you think you'll um, ever sell it? Are you going to mm -hmm. have some sort of equity in it? And we know. I, I don't know yet. Okay. You know, we we uh, if you're familiar with like traction and EOS, the mm -hmm. entrepreneurial operating system. It's a book by Gino Wickman. Okay. And you'll probably now that I mentioned it, you'll probably start hearing traction all over the place because it's one of those almost like business culty things. Okay. But the Midwest is huge for this book and this topic. But what you do inside of Traction is you set up your business processes and you really pull together how you need to accomplish things. And it's just about hanging a framework around what you need to do. Mm. And so as we build this out, that's one of our annual goals was you do not only one-year goals, but you do three, five, and 10. Sure. And our 10-year goal is now our nine-year goal because we said in 2034 or our 2032, we are going to transition the business out of Dave's ownership. Mm. So whether that's employee owned or if we find some sort of other investor Investors or merge with some other place, um, I'm having way too much fun to even really think about it seriously. That's good, right? But the time is moving and our 10 year went to nine year this year because we said that it's a real thing. Yeah. So you have to have something to move forward on. So 2008, Yeah. Uh, what was the difference between, you know, Obviously, you're probably more comfortable. You're working at mm -hmm. the bank. There's something to fall back on. Right. What was the difference between going full-time and part-time at BusyWeb? Yeah. How did, yeah. You, how did you, what did your day look like compared mm -hmm. to, you know, working yeah, right. full-time versus part-time, I guess? Of course. So the part-time side of BusyWeb before I, w before I went in all in on like 2008, like in September, right, um, was... I would just do something on BusyWeb once in a while when okay. I was thinking about it, and I didn't feel too bad if I didn't do something. Yeah. You know, I was servicing clients. I was building websites for customers, and that was really the first iteration of BusyWeb was business websites. Mm. And then 
as I took it full time, then you have to really start thinking about business development. And so walking that journey and making sure that you're getting your calls in and that you're finding the right lists and you're doing the right research to get you the amount of money that you need to feed your family because you don't have any other fallback anymore. It has a real solid tendency of focusing your attention. Yeah. So that's like 50-50. I went from, you know, like 25% working in BusyWeb to 100% working in my other job to 50% business development, 100% working on BusyWeb. Yeah. So it was just way busier as it went. Jeez. Uh, Um, You have to refer to my questions here. Yeah, sure. Um. So what were some of the, the struggles that you faced yes. from mm-hmm. going part-time to full-time? Mm-hmm. Obviously, it's a big change. So what were some of the things that you had to overcome during that time? You know, for a lot of people, it's usually figuring out how to work from home. But the last six years I was working at the bank, I was home-based anyway. Oh, so, nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of the um, – I was, I was working from home before it was cool, right? <laughs> um, but – that wasn't a, as big of a problem. Instead, it was more that, again, the business development side and self-promoting doesn't necessarily come naturally for everybody. Yeah. I was raised in an entrepreneurial household, so I knew that I had to have the hustle, but I had to figure out what to do. And so it was joining networking organizations. Um, I did a, a good long stint at BNI, if mm-hmm. you've heard of those. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, I started speaking at different business communities. Um, New Business Minnesota was a regular publication, like a monthly magazine in Minnesota for years and years and years. And it it, um, died as a result of COVID, but Mm. fantastic organization. I was on the cover of New Business Minnesota like seven times. No flights. I was there and providing material and details and part of the cover was you had to deliver a talk. Okay. And so that's really how I got started talking for BusyWeb. Like public speaking? Yeah, public speaking huh. and doing all that. Okay. And that kind of led into what's probably the funnest part of my career right now. I'm a speaker for Google and for HubSpot right now. And so um, as we were talking, as we were setting up, I was just in Nashville two days ago delivering a talk, a full day seminar on how to use Google to grow your business. And mm-hmm doing that kind of content and getting out in, a, in front of as many people as possible that can use my services without selling to them yeah. instead helping them has been tremendous. And as a result, I probably have grown about 80% of all of my business development has come from people that have heard me speak wow. or somebody in my organization now. Wow. Have you always had that, that public speaking ability? Is it like a muscle you work? It's definitely a muscle. You have to, you have to decide that you like it. Yeah. But like even in high school, I remember being in the debate team and that Mm. stuff. Right. And it was always just a tremendous charge to get out in front of an audience and do something. And I get that adrenaline. Yeah, for sure. Doing something and being on stage. A lot of people, they'll, they'll, or the old wives' tale is that, you know, you use 10% of your brain. Well, I feel like I'm using 100% of my brain when I'm on stage. Yeah. So it just focuses you and centers you. And there's nothing more fun than giving back in that particular capacity for me. Yeah. Um, What does your day look like these days? 
Yeah. So I mean, I'm sure every day out of the week is probably different. But a little bit. Yeah. I guess your typical day from start to finish. What time do you wake up? Sure. Yeah. All that stuff. So I have flip flopped on my on my best day a few times over the oh, past yeah. ten years. Can relate uh, for sure. Yeah. So like I I was a super early riser guy for a long time, and got a lot of stuff done, especially when I was still working downtown for the bank. You know, get up, get into the office by six, leave by leave by like three yeah. to avoid all the traffic. But um, now I think I get up probably seven. Okay. And then, you know, you get your meditation in, center yourself out, do a little bit of exercise, you know, kind of get the blood rolling a little bit, um, get to the office. I am lucky enough that I live, my office is two miles away from my house. Nice. And so I like to bike back and forth when I can. Um, when I don't have a, a meeting somewhere off, off site or something, but you know, it's going through this nature reserve helps to kind of, again, bring you up on the right side of, you know, feeling calm and like you're actually accomplishing something. Yeah. And then you try to just do something that you don't want to do or that you've been putting off first thing in the morning. Cause then you don't have to have it hovering over your head oh, yeah. crushing your spirit when i the when entire i get a, dang day, a, right? a good workout in the morning mm-hmm. and then not have to worry about it after i get yeah. off work yeah oh uh-huh. there's no better feeling so absolutely nice. but ha- absolutely. but getting up is the hardest part it's yeah. so tough oh my god oh my god it is yeah. it really is yeah it's, um, so that that's kind of my typical morning and then you know i have a lot of we have a, a team meeting every morning with the leadership and that's like a 15 minute touch base, anything that we need to know about or that we all need to work on together. And then it's usually half business development for me, um, doing calls, prospecting, working with new leads or working on closing out new contracts. Mm. And then the rest of the day is usually follow-ups and or generating content for our marketing because we eat our own dog food. Yeah. And so we do a lot of blog posts, a lot of social media posts, a lot of thought leadership okay and then the remainder and almost every day i'm working on something around developing new content to share on stage yeah so and most of that right now is around ai okay it's not surprising yeah right. ai has yeah. taken over i use mm-hmm. it to generate clips I, mm-hmm. yeah. it's it's mm-hmm. it's incredible yeah, yeah i mean i know so helpful. many real estate agents that use it every single day oh yeah that's good. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. saved me hours of editing. Oh, yeah. It's like the grand um, writer's block killer. So yeah. yeah. Just put it in. It's like, hey, give me an outline on something that I have been struggling with or that I want to do. And it's just like being able to brainstorm with a smart friend of yours. Yeah. It is. And yeah. they'll kick you back something and then you can actually use it. Yeah. I was just using it yesterday to talk about green photos. So green photos mm-hmm. is like taking photos. Oh, I saw Max post mm-hmm. something like yeah, that. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I posted it too. You liked his, but not mine. Anyway. I didn't see you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Shadow banned from hold you. On, hold on, hold on. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love it. But so green photos is you take photos like now. So when you mm-hmm. go to sell your house in January, mm-hmm. your house looks mm-hmm. better than it does in the winter. Mm-hmm. You still have the pictures from the winter time, but right. a lot of people want to show off their landscaping. So we take mm-hmm. photos now. It's free. Mm-hmm. Um, and I brought that to ChatGPT, and yeah. it just had no clue what I was talking about. <laughs> so yeah. I explained yeah. it to it, mm-hmm. and he's like, oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. And then gave me a perfect description of exactly right. what to say and i was like that was cool that i could yeah. teach them something you taught mm-hmm. ai mm-hmm. what's that what you're was. saying yeah but yeah. then it brought it right back to me like mm-hmm. perfectly yeah. within mm-hmm. 
five seconds. It understood just what like, you're explaining. Oh my gosh, that's yeah. incredible. Yeah. And I like rent back to what I wrote, and I was like, God, that's misspelled. That's misspelled. Like it's it still, still figures it out. It's yeah, like, it's, oh, I must yeah. be talking yeah. to a toddler. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this guy really is 21. He did drop out of college. <laughs> it's that's really awesome, fascinating though. how much it's come ahead and. The, the thing that I always tell friends when they're asking me about what all this AI thing is, all of this AI is the worst it'll ever be again. So oh, if you yeah, think that it's it only sucks, getting better. it's only getting better and it's learning from itself and it's figuring out what a good response is mm. and how things are working. There are some different and weird things with chat GPT in particular. The data set that they're going off of on GPT-4 is um, like two years old. So as huh. of... September of 2021 is the data set that GPT is actually pulling from. Yeah. So it doesn't know a whole lot about self-awareness with AI because all of that exploded right after that. Yeah. And so you have to take that into account when you're talking to AI or when you're Keep using going. AI proxies. Yeah. <coughs> so there's so much in there on what you need to know and being careful about how things are working and to notice the inherent risks inside of GPT and other AI technologies is incredibly important to know because like if you've tried it a lot and I've worked and I've worked in this and played with it a lot for my audiences and if like chat GPT doesn't know something it won't say hey I don't know it'll just lie yeah you know? it's called hallucination inside yeah. of the inside of AI but it'll just be like, oh, yes, you can do this thing. So if you ask it for a book review on a book that it doesn't know anything about, it'll just wing it based on the title. Oh. And so you can get in a lot of trouble. And college kids are getting into a lot of trouble with this because they're just going into GPT or some other tool. Bard is Google's tool. And that's not actually good content that they're getting. But it'll tell you with full confidence this is what this is what it is. It's like new age spark notes kind of. Uh-huh. It's yeah, like it doesn't if, really know. If I pull like care. our podcast title, I bet, like of some title we do for a podcast uh-huh. and have it make a social media description, it's gonna come up with something that we never gay even talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. mm-hmm. Right. I never but, even thought so about that. I, I like put I probably type in a paragraph before it gives me anything. Yeah. Because right. I want it to give yeah. the right information. Like mm-hmm. you're saying, if I just put the title, it's It'll make something up, and it'll right. sound fantastic, mm-hmm. yeah. but it's not right. Right. Well, and that's where the whole prompt engineering thing comes in, because you can just say, you know, GPT, tell me about X, or you can say, I am a marketing expert, and I'm in the real estate field, and I've been doing this for 35 years. My specialties are this, this, and this. Knowing who I am, write as me and tell me, and then use that question, then it'll sharpen up the responses. And then you can come back to it, and it'll be wordy. And and if you've played around with it a lot, you can see and hear just by looking at a GPT response, you can tell Mm -hmm. because it's very circular. So if you say, you know, tell me the benefits of commercial real estate, ChatGPT will answer and say, you know, commercial real estate is a really good thing because it's important to know what commercial real estate is. And it goes back and it loops back on itself like six, seven times, almost like a seventh grader that's trying to fill out the last page of its report. (laughs) And so if you go back, you can then say, um, shorten this article by 80%. And then mm. it'll shorten it down to the Cuts absolute the salient points. So yes. Yeah. 
and so it cuts the fat out, helps sharpen it up, or you know, write it with a younger intent or whatever. Yeah, and it'll do all of that. I just use that mm-hmm. for the social media post I made about Michigan. Yeah, that was from ChatGPT. And when I wrote it, it was so professional. I was like, yeah. that doesn't sound like me at all. Yeah. Yeah. Like, make this sound like a, yeah. a younger professional. Right. And then it pops something out. I was uh-huh. like, that's like, if I post that, people are going to be like, that sounds like, right. that sounds like Brady. Yeah. Uh-huh. So that's it's, cool. Yeah. It's, and it's like, hey, Michigan, no cap. This is what's yeah, going yeah. on. Yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, the boys were buzzing this week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. Um, I feel like with AI, though, I feel like there's already biases mm-hmm. in it, like politically. Definitely um, there is. Yeah. yeah. What are your mm-hmm. thoughts on that? It's part of the learning curve and part of where you need to be a good student and a good consumer of artificial intelligence technology. Yeah. Most of the programming and the content that's been delivered for consumption by AI was delivered by cis white males yeah. in their mid to early to mid life, right? So from like mid 30s to mid 50s. And so you'll see a lot of that and the tone is in there, mm. the bias is in there, and they're just it's not that it's racist or that it's bigoted or that it's it just doesn't know. Yeah because it's only been around the people that it's heard talk to it's, it its entire life. It's so yeah. weird that like, I don't, I don't know. I always picture, now I'm picturing like <laughs> chat GPT is like a person. Right. Instead of like, it's, it's just uh, like software, mm-hmm. not software. Mm-hmm. What do you even, it's just AI. I don't right. know. Right. Are I kind of view it like Doogie yeah. Hauser. If you remember that if from way back when I think of chat GPT, like Doogie Hauser. Okay. It's like this young kid. That's incredibly brilliant. He's a doctor. He knows all this stuff but he's just going off of what his experiences are and yeah. he's only been surrounded by certain kinds of people. Yeah. So it's a good point. Oh, wow. you know, having, having the experience of other cultures or other languages yeah. or other points of view, you need to program that in mm. and you can explicitly tell it that, and then it'll go off of a different data set and it'll find something to bridge that in. But again, it's only going back to, and it's finding like it hoovers up books from different kinds of people and then it categorizes who those people are and what they are. So mm. you can tilt it a little bit, but again, you can only go so far to what it's actually read. You won't know particle physics if you've never done anything with particle physics. Before. Right. Uh, what's your opinion? Do you think this should be taught in school mm-hmm. and used AI? in school? Instead I think, of kids just yeah. winging it? There's, there's zero chance that kids aren't using this right. in all of their reports right now. There's also Why zero either? chance that the tools that they're using to catch people from using it are accurate. So it's like I have two kids, one's college age and one's about to go into college next year, and I'm showing them how to be a consumer of this kind of technology, but how to safeguard themselves from things like copyright, things yeah. like plagiarism, things like using something and passing it off as your own. Mm. You can't do that ethically in the education system, but as professionals and as we're building things, as we're building blog posts, all of my team are using iterative, like generative text yeah. to help get them off, off the starting line faster 
and we're still importing our content and our knowledge and our expertise, but we're starting from, instead of, instead of starting the race at square one, we're starting 50 yards ahead. Got it. Where we used to be. So yeah. in the education system, you just have to figure it out. And I think educators are going to have to figure this out. I actually was speaking, um, I was on stage in Nashville two days ago, and right after the event, I was sitting down with another one of the speakers. He's a professor in Atlanta and mm. teaches an English class. Oh, it's like the first thing that we do is I go in and I have my students give me a report. I say, go to ChatGPT and have them, read the, have them write a report. And then we look at it together and say, well, this is circular logic. That doesn't make sense. That's just dumb. That's an outright fa fabrication. So now you understand the drawbacks of these tools. Here's how to use it ethically and as a aid instead of as the entire base of knowledge that you're delivering. Well, I feel like a lot of, like I can always tell when mm -hmm. a social media post is chat GPT generated. Oh gosh, yeah. It feels yeah. soulless, but yeah. it's it works so well for social right. media because mm -hmm. it picks up every little nuanced thing and mm -hmm. like generate, like it's like good Those for the algorithm. Good and, emojis. Yeah, like, right. it's just yeah. like, yeah. it's like cookie cutter perfect, yeah. what you'd want to see in a post. <laughs> but when you read it, it's like, this is dog shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Just, totally. But like that, he, the posts that you do for our podcast are like perfect. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Um, do you think AI is like a net positive right now? Totally. Yeah. Do you think it will be in the future? I think as long as we're clear and careful about where we're letting it take us, yeah, it's going to be fine. Right. So what, what we have is a machine that is very easy to use and is learning from itself, but we have the responsibility as the owners, as the parents of this kind of technology to set safe guidelines Yeah. so that it's not going to do something or spiral off. It's a lot like the echo, echo chambers and the bubbles in social media that we've got right now. When we started with AI or with, when we started with social media and when Facebook was just getting crazy, everybody's like, oh my God, this is going to help us to be less you know, racist and we're all going to get along because we're all going to hear each other better. And what we didn't realize is that the algorithms were going to pull it right back and only give you what you wanted to hear in the first place. Yeah. And so that tends to make people more of whatever they already were. Yeah. And biologically, people are geared to pay more attention to what they're afraid of. Oh, yeah. Than it's like the news. What's positive. Yeah. yeah. Like if it bleeds, it leads. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so, oh, that's, so good. that's what it's going to do unless it's taught otherwise. Mm. And so we need to keep being cognizant of that. We need to keep thinking about that and say, okay, well, this tool, you need to also take into account other perspectives as you're writing and responding. Hmm. And so that's going to help. The... Like I, I have students and new people in, in the marketing industry asking me all the time, am I going to even have a job when, you know, in 10 years time? It's like the people that are going to have jobs in marketing and really in most knowledge industries are the ones that have learned to use yes. AI yep. instead of the ones that have just resisted and saying, okay, well, I'm just going to work twice as hard. Well, yeah. I have, I have uh, bad news for you. You've got somebody that can use 
what was it, Avatar? They had the, those big jumpsuits where the dude could punch super oh, hard yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And it was like a spaceship on you. Like, you're not going to win in a fist fight against some, somebody that's got like this big old armored suit. Transformer. You, know, you are Iron Man. Iron right? Man, yeah. yeah. So we're going to be needing to figure out how to operate those suits ourselves. Yeah. And that's the difference between somebody that's going to still be earning money and like in 10 years time and where you're not going to, where you're going to be struggling mm. if you're not moving forward if you're not using these tools and if you're not figuring it out that's when you're going to have problems with with marketing so when i went to college i was going for marketing mm-hmm. and i decided to drop out and get into real yeah. estate what's your opinion with all this ai technology mm-hmm. going you know if someone's going to school for for a marketing degree let's say yep. Is it still worth it to go to school or is it worth it to go to like AI, learn from mm-hmm. that, learn from your experiences with right. that? What do you think is more beneficial at this time? You know, it's, it's, it really depends on the goals of the person that's trying to get the education, right? So my kids are going to college because they understand or I understand being a college graduate that it's not as much about the official curriculum as it is about being exposed to things that you otherwise wouldn't and learning how to synthesize those things and think for yourself. So yes, you should still probably go to school of some sort. There are tools like Google has an entire free university that you can apply for and learn how to do social media management or project management or coding for free online and it's a straight up college curriculum Mm -hmm. you don't have to pay anything for that is it worth like st thomas right now i think is almost seventy thousand dollars a year a year that was more than my entire college career 30 years ago so (laughs) yeah it's it's a it's an entirely different thing yeah so i would still want to be I i would still want education i think the education like industrial complex as a whole has a lot of self reflection to do and figure out how are they going to really pivot along with this knowledge change and the fact that you don't need to teach people as much how to do regression analysis or how to do algebra or how to write um, concise and well bibliographed reports as you need to simply show them how to use the tools available to them mm. to get what they need done. Um, so I sort of answered that. But yeah, no, no I, I, I agree. I think mm-hmm. the schooling system is so old-based. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah. if you look at a classroom, it's basically right. the same as it was in the 60s, 70s. Like right. Yeah. Right. Except right. now there's a computer lab. And there's, mm-hmm. a, there's usually... I don't even know what it's called. Whiteboard? That's what it is. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Went from chalkboard to uh-huh. whiteboard. Yeah. So and now there's the electronic whiteboards, yeah. which will load up. Is it really? Yeah. 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 Wow. So, so but, it, I feel like there needs to be a change in, mm-hmm. like you said, kind of teaching how mm-hmm. to get your outcomes because right. we can Google anything, yep. but are all those things that come in, are they going to be trustworthy are they going to be accurate is right. ai what ai is giving back is that right is that going to be something you can use for your business or yeah. for you know your your report mm-hmm. you're writing or whatever right. it might be and it's going to get increasingly difficult to figure out what's real and what's ai so what what's been truly researched versus what's just 
spouted off by some random AI that's just trying to please its master. And so the healthy dose of skepticism is, and the, the bullshit detector is going to be more and more important for people to understand and to know. So you still need to know things in order to understand if you're being lied to or not. I feel like back in the day too, it was like people worked long hours, worked hard. And I feel Mm -hmm. like as newer generations come along, they're working smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. Um, Their time management with the technology has become just, yeah, way better. Better. Yeah. Um, Going back to your business though, I know we've kind of, Kind of went on a little. The AI is just the fun I mean, with, yeah. it's, it's so yeah. interesting, though. If you could change one thing about your business, what would it be? So one of the things that we've got going on in BusyWeb is everything that we sell and that we do requires vast amounts of human input. So I sign a new client. We do search engine optimization for them, help com- help that company to rank better on Google. We do advertising, we do content, we build blog posts or social media posts or white papers or any of the stuff that goes into that choose your own adventure, right? Yeah. All of that requires people to do that work in order to do it well. Like we could already do like 10% of that with AI, but it does require people. So one of the things that I'm working on is actually coming up with a curriculum of training docs, materials, helpful things for my audience that I can just record and resell. And then I I build it once and then I sell it multiple times, Mm. right? So that just generates more revenue, lets me pay my people more. And it means that for every new client, I don't have to hire a new person. Mm -hmm. Because right now, labor is a little tough. Yeah. to find. I mean, great people are hard to find. Yeah. And so that's one of the things that I'm looking at shoring up and doing differently is finding new ways to resell or to make more revenue off of minimal input. Yeah. So that IP in intellectual property that I can resell is something that I'm filling out right now. Kind of a random question, yeah. but have you written a book? Not that yet. was really random. Not I, well, I was just thinking about <laughs> yeah. it. I was like, so many people, mm-hmm. I mean, you're an entrepreneur. I'm right. like, a lot of them write books or yeah. want to write books. That's been on my bucket list for a long time, Jake. What would it be about? So, I think it's probably going to be around the idea of demand generation in the new economy. Okay. Figuring out how to use these tools that are available for you to still make a human connection with yeah. someone. Because it's easy to just spam people. Right. It's easy to do <laughs> go on the LinkedIn cheap stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so, how to make actual real connection while still taking advantage of the technology? I think that's one of the spots that is underserved, okay. and one of the things that we really try to do for our customers. So, I think that could be a really fun one. Yeah. Um, you kind of mentioned you said twenty thirty two. Yeah. You're gonna get out of. Mm-hmm. The um, where do you where do you see BusyWeb in the next ten years? I think we are going to probably stay around the same size. Okay, probably around twenty five thirty employees. About. Um, I think revenue will continue to scale up as we learn to do more with the same amount of people, and as some of that AI and that technology helps ramp us up, and as we come out with those tools, 
like licensed things like plugins or you know software you know software as a service or the SaaS economy if I can license something and keep providing helpful input that's an entirely different model of revenue I mean that's the Microsoft revenue or Adobe kind of level yeah. things yeah and so that's going to be helpful so I would guess maybe 10x what we're doing revenue wise wow which that's will be awesome. fine for us um, not massive. We're certainly not going to take on Meta or Facebook or Apple or any of that stuff with that. But it's enough to take care of all of the families that I've got working for me. And that's what I want. Is I, it? Sorry, go ahead. Is it a nationwide company right now? Are you helping different companies yeah. all over the the globe or just the the U.S.? It's technically international. We've had customers all over the world, but our main focus is. Yeah, I'd say probably 60% of our customers are in the Midwest. Okay. Probably 40% are in Minnesota. But that's just because they know us. People know right, us, and yeah. that's where I'm on stage most. Mm -hmm. So we are national in scope. What's really interesting right now is as a Midwest-based company, we don't have the same expenses that a lot of the coastal towns do. So like, I'll go toe-to-toe to -to -toe with any New York or Chicago or L.A.-based agency and we'll deliver every bit as much quality and output at probably half the price. Wow, that's so crazy. So we're picking up a ton of customers on the coasts because we can just compete where they can. Yeah. You say customers, like what's your normal customer? Like so, who's, who's coming yeah, to you guys? Usually? Like a business that serves other businesses. So a B2B, okay. Oh, gotcha. Right. And probably more often than not, they are delivering some sort of service or tangible good to Got their it. customers. So it's manufacturing is a big part of our client base. Um, a lot of like accounting based firms or hiring companies or other places like that. Just if there's a good that delivers from one company to another, that's where we focus. And it's all high touch, high trust businesses. What do you mean by that? So if I buy well, like here, here's a great example with one of our customers. They offer hiring services. Okay. And so you go in and they're going to recommend that exact right person for you. And they're going to take 20% of that person's salary over that year. And so that's like a decision to, am I going to spend 60 grand with this company? Instead of just an e-commerce store like amazon.com. Right. If I order something and it sucks, I'm out six bucks. Yeah. If I work with a different with a company that I'm spending sixty thousand dollars on or six hundred thousand dollars on and it sucks, I'm in trouble. Yeah. yeah. So you really need to be able to trust. And a lot of what we do, actually most of what BusyWeb does for our customers is help generate that trust via marketing messaging. So, you know, thoughtful on point things that serve the needs of the customers and identify what their pain points are. If you're familiar with Simon Sinek, that whole start with the why stuff. Oh, yeah, he's are great. Going in. Yeah, and so oh. instead of saying, we do X or we've been in business for 15 years, which nobody cares about, we solve your problem. And so that's where we go. I made a video with, not with Simon, but right. uh, <laughs> uh, I put music behind his one of his mm -hmm. seminars, and it mm -hmm. was like, it was good. It was really good. <laughs> yeah, he's good. He's talking about millennials. Yeah. Um, I forgot what the I haven't seen it in a while, but yeah, yeah, it's like it's basically like no shit. Millennials are right. miserable. Like right. they, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, okay, so 
hold on, let me get my. Uh... Oh, so <clears throat> we talked about Chat GPT. Mm -hmm. Going back to AI, sorry, right. but yeah. uh, what else do you use? I don't want, don't give away no, the secret yeah. sauce. Yeah. But what, like, how many are there? Is there different variations of Chat GPT? There are dozens. Oh, okay. Of really good tools. Got it. So, part of what I do is you know, researching and trying out some of these things. So ChatGPT is probably the one that's made the biggest splash. Sure. Um, Google um, has set out and built BARD. BARD. B-A-R-D. Okay. Dot Google.com is a tool very similar to GPT in its um, output and what it does. Um, there's, what was it? So um, Pi AI, like pi.ai um, is a conversational tool where it's much more like it has pretty text on the front and it's like a interactive experience. Keep going. Yeah. Adobe has a ton of generative visual AI where you can literally go in and if we shot a picture of this studio, we could have Adobe's tools just say, okay, well make the backgrounds or make it look like they're on a beach somewhere hmm. and it'll actually just fill in the beach behind us wow. and take care of it all. So there's that stuff. The tool that I use most actually is called HubSpot. And HubSpot is a CRM, kind of like if you've heard of Salesforce, okay. similar tools to that. But they have an immense amount of AI learning that they're putting into every one of their tools. So a CRM, a customer relationship database, yep. is basically your contact list for a salesperson, right? Yeah. And so I can go to HubSpot's AI tools and say, give me a list of all of my customers that I haven't talked to in the past three months that are interested in these four things. Oh, yeah. And it'll give me a list of those 15 people, and then, and then you can tell it, okay, well, set me a task to get a hold of three of these people a day, and then send them a follow-up after I reach out with them or reach out to them via an email with this white paper that I created. And, and you they'll just do have all to, that automatically. You just have to type that in, like almost like chat GPT mm -hmm. saying, yeah. mm -hmm. what the fuck? And here's the best part, here's <laughs> the better fun. part. I don't even have to type it in. I can just hit the little microphone and I can say, hey, HubSpot, do this thing for me. And it'll build it up. Wow. Mm -hmm. We, I use, my CRM mm -hmm. I use is, is Chime, if yeah. you've ever heard yeah. of it. Yep. And they are starting to have some AI mm -hmm. stuff into Everybody's it. Everybody's plugging it in. You have yeah. to. Yeah. I mean, if you're not, you're falling mm -hmm. behind, right? Yep. So. Yeah. It's it's so. super nice to have. It's uh -huh. easy. You can just go to your contacts and be like, "Well, I need to follow up with this guy," and you yeah. can put in a little prompt. They'll make it look pretty and sound good, and mm -hmm. you send it off, and then and go sell another house, yeah. and then you're on to the next day. It's yeah. really awesome. kind of crazy. So those are the big tools that I recommend to check out and to use. So ChatGPT, of course, Bard. Bard. Um, there's a really great tool that has all kinds of templates and that interfaces with some of these GPT-related tools, and that's called Jounce, J-O-U-N-C-E. Where do they come up like with these Bounce names? Like Bounce with a J. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. They just had to think of some name that hadn't been used before, right? They probably oh, used yeah. AI to figure it out. True. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, there's, oh, man, there's probably a list of a dozen that I could bring up and that I have, like, that I'm doing research for as I'm doing a few AI-related talks over the next couple of weeks. And so I'm very much in the middle of building my list. I should. I, I got a, like, 800 Excel spreadsheet list of AI mm -hmm. stuff. I should just forward it. You probably already have Please it. Please do. Yeah, yeah, that'd be amazing. Okay. Yeah. Um, kind of winding down, but yeah. uh, what advice would you give to someone starting their own business? So if you're starting your own business, 
the thing that you need to know and be laser focused on is how you solve the problem for your customer. Okay. So inheritance in that is that you need to understand who your best customer is. So um, there's an AI-related tool that I love. It's called makemypersona.com. And if you just enter in, okay, here's my best customer, and here's where they go to school, here's where they work, here's what they do, and here's the problem that I solve for them, it'll build a bio for that person. And then you put that up next to your desk whenever you're writing a blog post or a social media post or coming up with a new product or a new promotion for that product and just make sure that it's always for that person. Mm. And people get caught up in all of the to-dos that they need to work in and they either focus too much on trying to do all of the stuff that goes into building their business. It was like, oh, I need to have 75 blog posts before I'm ever going to start my business. Right. And then they procrastinate their business from ever, from ever really getting off the ground. So you just need to focus on who you're serving and figure out how you're solving their problems. And everything else kind of takes care of itself after that. Kind of reminds me of a quote that I heard a few months ago, start before you're ready. Yeah. What do you think about yeah. that quote? Yeah. Stupid you, or... If you don't actually start moving, you're never going to get anywhere. Yeah. And you can think about it and you can procrastinate about it and you can worry about it all you want. But the people that are actually going to be successful are the ones that get moving and iterate. Right. Yeah. I remember when uh, I first started doing YouTube, this was like 10 years ago and I started on my now ex-girlfriend's laptop mm -hmm. and the camera on there and the shitty audio from mm -hmm. the old MacBook. <laughs> Right. And then as I went along over the years when I got a better camera, better yeah. microphone, and I'd get comments though from people yeah. saying like, oh, I want to start a YouTube channel, but yep. you know, I don't have a good camera. Or, oh, yeah, oh I need, I'm saving up to 10 grand for my yeah. studio yeah. equipment, <laughs> man. Yeah, it's like, yeah. dude, you don't need, if the content's good, just mm -hmm. start. Um, all right, so last question we like to ask. Yeah. Do you want to ask it? Nope. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, always F it up. <laughs> oh, yeah. How do you want to be remembered when you're gone? Oh. It's heavy. That is heavy. Yeah. Um, I want to be remembered as someone that has helped as many people as I possibly could to do something amazing with their lives. Boom. It's so simple. Answer. Yeah. That's <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like people go on and on paragraphs yeah. talking about it, but you basically right. summed it up in, and you AI jet GPT'd it. <laughs> I have it in the back. Of my, I have a, I have an implant. Yeah, so yeah. it actually put it in there for me. <laughs> That's awesome. Dave, How long before that happens? Yeah. yeah. Not long. Or and there's already, right? there's already or, feedback. Yeah. So yeah. you can, you can do some of that, but I think the, if you guys are following Apple, they launched or, or announced their vision pro, their AI, that, like yeah. big goggle thing. I think that's going to probably change things. When we're talking to our grandkids, we're going to tell them, you know, we used to actually have to, had to touch something and look at this weird flat screen in order to inter interact with the world. We couldn't just put on our glasses or we couldn't just rotate our wrist and have right. it show up, right? Yeah. So I think that's the difference between now and then. Well, I feel like oh, even... Shit. Like VR, back in the day, I was like, VR is going to be crazy. It mm -hmm. hasn't really right. caught on. Mm -hmm. What is, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, okay. The technology and the resolution just isn't there yet. Maybe, and that's, okay. It's actually more of a battery problem than anything else because even these fantastic screens that you can put on your head, they require so much horsepower, so much 
processing power. Yeah. That you know, even that new Apple thing, it's this screen that's honestly kind of big and fat, but you need a big ass battery pack that you attach to your waist, like uh, on a belt, in order to power the thing because it's so intense to be able to compute all that. I didn't even think about that. Mm -hmm. Do you think that's good? to have that much intensity, like right in our eyes, like, stimulation. like right on us. I don't know yet, man, you're right. Yeah. So we, it, the, the funny thing about technology is the first thing that people do is fear it. The next thing that they do is kind of begrudgingly accept it. And then yeah. the third thing they do is adopt it. Yeah. And so the, we're in the fear it, fear it part of AI, but everybody, yeah, sure. Everybody used to be intensely afraid of computers, yeah. of phones, right? And, you know, people still complain about, oh, we've got these screens in our, and everybody's getting these weird hunk, humps yeah. in, their, in their necks and oh. stuff. Yeah. We haven't truly adapted to all of that yet. So I think we're going to be fine as a species. And having screens, it's, I don't think we're ever going to have, and you know, talk to me in 50 years and tell me I'm wrong, but we're not going to be wearing weird face masks for the rest of our lives. It's just the technology is somehow going to get better where we're just going to be able to interact with the world like Minority Report and <laughs> pull things I was going to mention right? Minority yeah. Report two yeah. seconds ago. That's so yeah. weird. So I think that's where it's probably going. We just don't have that technology yet. I have to add, do you think we're in a simulation? What are the odds? I don't think yet. Okay. And oh if, if they are, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of like the matrix, right? If I yeah. see a cat walk by twice, then I yeah. know we're in trouble. Yeah. yeah. But I, I think right now we're probably not in a simulation. And I believe that we're in one of the most interesting and exciting times that humanity has ever known. Yeah. And the worst thing that you could do would be to be fearful of it and tr decide not to adapt. The best thing and really the only thing you can do is look at it and say, okay, it's coming. How can I take advantage of it? Yeah. Do you I feel think, like that's... Go ahead. Do you think there's other species out there that are way ahead of us? Aliens? Maybe. Nice. I mean, who knows? NASA just <laughs> NASA just said that, you know, they, they just uh, said, well, we, we can't say that there's not aliens. Yeah. Which a lot of people are saying, oh, that means there's aliens. Right. But just mathematically in the trillions of be, stars right? in the trillions of galaxies in the trillions of worlds there's something out there are we ever going to see them i doubt it yeah so the universe know. is so yeah. big yeah it's just it's massive i mean who's to say that and we're going to get really deep here for a Let's second go. who's who's to say that you know this this droplet of sweat that we've got inside of us like on the side of our heads doesn't have an entire galaxy with like 70 billion different people inside of it right there yeah that's right. some like the grinch that's, that's the grinch the, exactly yeah. like the grinch that, oh yeah, that's, yeah, that's, that's right. actually based <laughs> off of real like uh what's that called conspiracy um like. nano um technology yeah. yeah so or whatever right yeah snowflake so we, that's we get really deep out, man like, yeah and now that uh, now that uh marijuana is soon to be fully oh, legal man. we can have really deep on conversations a saturday night that, right? <laughs> no it's it's uh, listening to some Alan Watts, like, whew. yeah. the 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 thing that you need to keep cultivating is your curiosity and your BS detector. I think. Yeah, you I need like to that. be aware and open, and skeptical about where it's going.
Perfect. I think that's that's a, a great way to end it. Right I was there. just gonna yeah. say it's been fun. Yeah, <laughs> I love it. Thank it was you awesome. so much for coming on. Um, My pleasure. Where can they get a hold of you if they want? Yes, anything. Yes. So um, connect up with me at busyweb.com. B i z z y w e b. Um, I'm busy Dave almost everywhere. B i z z y Dave. And uh, you know, just hook, hook up with us, connect up. I'm on stage all over, certainly the state, and uh, all over the country on our YouTube channel, and that's YouTube.com/busyweb. Sweet, sweet, awesome. Yeah, this has been great. Thank you so much, Dave. Thank you, thanks, Busy guys, Web Dave. It. Yeah. <laughs> um, thanks so much for watching. Like, comment, subscribe, and we will see you next week. Bye.